It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening, the podcast. I'm your captain, Jim Bob Obelshort. And tonight, we've got another fantabulous guest to join us from over there in the world of podcasting that I have found on Instagram, man. I don't know if you guys are keen on this man yet, but you guys should hop on over there to Instagram. You can go over to the Unconstitutional Awakening on Instagram or even my Instagram, and there are just all sorts of podcasts that we mutually follow, man. And these, there's some really cool people out there talking about some really cool things, talking to some really cool people. And I was just lucky enough to find me, find myself another one to conversate with this evening. His name is Jay, and he is the host of How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast. And man, this dude is pretty cool. He's definitely someone that's talked to a bunch of cool people, as well as, you know, into a bunch of neat stuff, man. Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've had to reschedule this one two or three times because it's just the world of doing this, man. I, if only you guys knew the stuff that I have to go through sometimes doing all this stuff. But hey, I love doing it and I love doing it for you guys out there, man. You guys listening, you guys watching, all of that. You guys are the reason we keep doing this. Here we are over a year and still going strong, getting close to that 200 episode mark. Ooh. And all kinds of good stuff, man. So, and you know, the podcast family has kept growing and such. And this is how I met Luis. You know, if you guys recall, he was a guest to begin with, and now he's part of the family. So it just keeps growing, man. And that's the kind of stuff I like trying to find cool people to have conversations with about how we can make the world a better place to live. And I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I mean, I don't know. That's, I'll leave it up to you guys. So, but. Of course, anything we do get into talking about tonight, you guys know, can always be found at everyone's favorite website on the whole World Wide Web, man. That's, that's really hard to believe, but I see you guys coming in all the time, but so many people every day checking in on things, and you guys always make sure you guys check out unconstitutionalawakening.com. You're home for everything us, man. There's all kinds of neat things going on there. Every day I'm trying to put something up there, whether it be episodes with me over there on the Red Pill Project or people are over there putting different things or checking up to see who's answering those pirate questions to get themselves some of them free stickers and stuff, man. 
So, of course, every episode is on here as well, and all kinds of different things, man. Y'all can give it a check out. I did an update recently with some new artwork just for you guys, man. So, while you're hanging out over there, you can find places to watch us if all you do is listen, and listen if all you do is watch us, as well as just you know take a take a tune in while you're tuning in, man. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Sorry, uh, too much sometimes. I know. I apologize. But while you're there, if you want to treat yourself to something nice, you can get you some sweet, unconstitutional awakening merch, man. Stickers, hats, coffee mugs galore, man. I've seen all kinds of great things come out of there. And you know what? You're supporting a fully self-funded show, and we appreciate when you do, man. So appreciate all you folks out there doing things to keep us going, man. That's for sure. You can also take a gander at our friends in Liberty, Kirk Elliott, Peachy Key Creations, Ammo Can Survival, who's totally got a sale going on right now. You better go check it out if you want. Brett Pike with Classical Learner and Homeschools Connected, as well as Pure Pet Wellness, man. And in the links, man, there, with all this stuff, there is totally code you can use to get yourself some money off the top of anything you want to order from all these folks, man. There's all kinds of good things to help yourself out, man. So go check out these folks and see if you can do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for something else. We're trying to build an alternative community, man, because y'all have seen the shit show going on, but it is what it is. So I guess I'm going to quit blabbering this mouth and we're going to hop on in here with Jay. Bandit and Luis are in here with me this evening, so I think we're going to have a good time. So let's get on with it. Of course, as I was saying, you guys, I've got Jay here, who is the host of How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast, and Luis and Bandit jumped in with me tonight, so this is, I think this is going to be a fun time. Jay, how you doing finally, man? We've we've tried time and time again on this one, and it just keeps running into dead ends. I'm so glad for you to finally be here this evening. No, nah, man, thanks for having me. Uh, so what happened is I used to live in a city, and then I moved out to the country. Turns out, internet fucking sucks out here. Um, so I've had to do everything in my power. I got several routers with like, because I mean, it's a, it's a really nice house. Uh, it's just really long. So where we have our uh, original router, I've had to, all right, long story short, I've had to run a lot of fucking wires. And, um, and then last week we had a fucking power line go down in our driveway. Uh, a tree took it out and I was just, I was looking at the tree. We got like 30 inches of snow. I was looking at the tree like two days before I was like, I need to fucking cut that down. Like that's going to, and then, you know, so point of the story is anytime, you know, that little thing speaks to you inside your head, fucking listen to it. (laughs) I had a friend, uh, the tree fell on the house. And then that's why they, they usually tell you, um, keep a perimeter of the height of the tree in reference to the house. And that's why you see some old, like old houses, they figured it out and you see a giant perimeter of trees, but there's a huge gap. And you're like, why is because it's smart because any storm happens. That's why you need that perimeter, because if it falls, it doesn't fall on the house. So we had that massive storm come through. Um, it's the town that I, it's the town that my work office is in. It's not really the town I work in, but it's a town I spent some time in as a, as when I was younger, my mom, my mom's happens to live over there too, though, but they had the five tornadoes hit that old, you know, ancient town and stuff like that and rip a lot of stuff up. And I happened to be driving through there today. And for the first time in a while, I got to look around and like, there were things that just didn't look the same because all the trees are gone and stuff like that. Like it, man, it, it tore up. It, it made houses visible that I had no idea existed on roads that I've been traveling probably for 20 years off and on. Like, 
is brutal. Like, okay. uh, where's everybody located at? I'm down in the southeast, down here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Where you go? Brooklyn, New York, the city of insanity. Yeah, got, I was uh, in Brooklyn once. Brooklyn's <laughs> a lot whiter than I expected it to be. I mean, it's the lack of sunshine, my friend. Generational <laughs> exposure to lack of sunshine makes everybody whiter. I was originally just of this color. What do we got? Like, we got uh, we got somebody from California. We've got New York, Georgia, Kentucky. We've got South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina. We've got Florida, Canada. And Florida. And we got Canada. And we've even got Australia that are frequent visitors. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I live it's in good uh, to have Massachusetts. Like, Ooh. Ugh, how long? My whole life. Um, yeah, no, it's, I was. Uh, I lived in Lowell my whole life, and uh, then I moved out here to Royalston. It's like uh, right before the Berkshires. Uh, so it's a lot you don't sound like a mass hole. Yeah, I hear that a lot. You know, yeah, yeah you don't, you don't though. You don't sound like a mass hole because I grew up in northern Illinois just outside Chicago, and – I've been in Kentucky here now for um, 10, 10 years now. I retired out of the military over at Fort Campbell and I just decided to stay, but uh, I've been all over though. But uh, that's one thing I never picked up when I, since I've been down here for 10 years now is any type of Southern accent. You know, I've been here in the town that I'm living in right now. I've been here for five years and people still think that, Oh, you, where are you visiting from? I'm like, what are you talking? I've been, mm-hmm. I live, I've been living here for five years. They're like, oh, you don't sound like you from around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm in, you know, I'm in it's the part of Kentucky where it's like, yeah. Oh, it's I, like I, New yeah. York, where the where where it it goes from um from Elitist Prick back to South, 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 South. Like the more north you go, the more South New York turns. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like i mean i i always fucking love the south though everyone always thinks i'm from the south or from canada or some shit like that and wow. I, you know it's just because like i really i i actively tried to make sure i didn't have the massachusetts accent growing up because i thought it sounded retarded so you oh, it on the fly one of the one of the <laughs> one of the last units i was in uh we had a medic that was uh from massachusetts and he was absolutely every stereotypical act part of the accent from massachusetts he had every single like khakis and khakis one's a pair of pants and the other is what you use to start your car sounded exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah and it, um it, lowell has its own special bullshit too um so there's there's like it's a it's a thick Massachusetts accent, but with all kinds of stupid shit like use guises, and um, you know I I'm trying That's to think of you know I'll think of like like uh, both like people say both up here and potatoes just like weird stupid shit and just like you just sound stupid. I was I I was I spent some time in Western New York and um, like they say use and they say pop. And all there's like all their things that end in AR or whatever, all has like a high pitched A before. I can't even repeat, you know, repeat it. I can't do it right. But like, it's 
it was funny when I was up in that area because I was working at a at a service station where I pump gas and everybody's got these all the different accents and I'm I'm not from down here but I've spent a good bit of time down here but they automatically knew they were like you're not from you're not from here at all are you and I'm just like no and the only thing I can figure is that the uh, it slows down and gets more draggy the more uh, the older we get like that's the only thing I can figure like I've tried to put a place to it but. Used to, I got told I was talking too fast. Now I get told that I'm I'm fucking slurring sometimes, even if I'm not inebriated whatsoever. It's just <laughs> it's just a just a slur that's come along with being stuck in the deep south for so long because everything moves slower. Yeah, I love but, the south. Every time I'm down there, I fucking love it. That's where I'm supposed to be. That's why I got out to the country because I always hated living in the city, man. So we uh, we bought this house up here in uh, in Royalston uh, to Homestead. So you know, nice. getting everything ready. I just um, you know I'm starting all the compost bins. Going to start yeah. building all the raised beds. You know, right after I fucking have you know I've been cutting down trees for days because like fucking that. They'll, uh, so uh, Royalston is like a thousand feet above uh, sea level. So all the trees here are pretty thin and tall. Yeah. So uh, I've been, they, they just a bunch fell. And of course, there's this chemtrail snow. So, you know, it's heavier than fucking usual. And it just destroyed everything. Like the people that live around here, like, no, it happened to, for two consecutive storms, uh, did the same thing. And everybody here is like, we've never seen it like this. The only other thing was in 2008, we had an ice storm that took down this many trees. But this one happened twice, which is regular snow. So uh, in, in, 2000, in 2007, I was in Buffalo, New York, and they had a weird freak ice storm, snowstorm, like three, four feet of snow in the middle of October. Like everything was still green yeah. and it was just a wicked. And I remember being up there and being a part of that. And I remember and there was something off with that snow. That was the first time I seen people online gathering up snowballs and setting them on fire and like turning them black. And I was just like, yeah, something ain't right here, man. And they were just like, oh, no, it's 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 because you live in a polluted area. And I'm like, no, dude, like I I remember coming here as a kid and seeing a lot of snow and this is different snow. Like this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't the same kind of stuff that was here when I was a kid. Like I, I, I all of that messing around. We you know, I talk about we, we do talk about that a lot. Like they're always messing around with the different weather tricks and stuff that they're trying to do all over the world. And people don't people think about the rain but i don't think anybody puts snow under that perspective when it's just an absolute another form of precipitation that is cool and nice to visit but listen you're not going to catch me living in it anymore that's why i'm down this far <laughs> florida weather without florida people like it's <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man i just fucking my mom got married she lives in zephyr hills florida so i was just down there a couple of weeks ago it's like 40 minutes outside of tampa zephyr hills is basically just like it's just a a, a town made of like a bunch of trailer parks so you know you're driving down there there's like fucking there's like pickup trucks with pools in the back and there's like there's mopeds and and like nobody's got teeth and you're just like what the fuck is going on down here but i mean you know my mom's got like a cheap lot down there so whatever it's just you know living it up trailer park style it's a, it's a good time. Like, that's all I can say. Like, I, if you if you want a place to just live it out, you know what I mean? Like, you, it's spring already now. You know, for us, it's it's already shorts weather and the water's already warming up. The fish are already biting and it's only going to be a couple more weeks and I'll have a boat in the water because it'll be warm enough that if I fall in, I won't be freezing my freezing my tail off. Like, I, I just I I tried the up north thing. I did New York, Denver, you know, I 
I'm good. I don't, I don't need the cold anymore. I decided that where, where it was warm was where it was for me. Bandit will argue with me. I don't know where he popped off to, but Bandit will argue with me because he's like, you need the snow. You need, you need the snow to help reset everything. And I'm like, sure, but it's also cold and just not worth my time. Like I can, (laughs) it's, it's not my style. I don't know. Yeah, no, life life goes on no matter what climate there is. You know, That's life right. finds a way. You don't you don't need snow. It's not you know, I fucking hate snow. It's bullshit. Every year for six months. And and like of course, like I always have jobs. Like of course, you know, I do fucking snow removal and I always have to drive far and it's like I don't know how I keep ending up in these positions where I have to trudge through the very thing that I hate and like stay up for three days, fucking plowing it all out. Like I'm like, just because it pays a lot, you know, you know, you uh, know I, I was sitting here thinking about things like that. You know, the, for, for the most part, most men just in general, most of us out there are a delivery man of some, of some sort. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I was an Uber driver for fucking years and, and Grubhub, all that like, shit. I yeah, install appliances. It, it, that's a delivery man. You know what I mean? Like oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've done, I've, I've done a bunch of other things and stuff like that, and talked to a lot of people. And it's just, it's one of those funny things. Of, I mean, providing a service, connecting a service, creating a contract, creating a transaction flow. All of those things are a form of a delivery. In in yeah. many ways human beings transactional mechanisms is a form of delivery it really is like we're just yeah. we're we're all fraud we're all just delivering crap well that's why i was mentioning to band that that's stranding i don't know if you ever played that video game it's a piece of art um and um they joked around it's just a fedex delivery simulator oh my God. <laughs> on on foot though but on it's foot. The graphics that are absolutely amazing it really is it's a piece of art it's not like high pay it's not a high-paced shooter or a it's sort of an rpg you play that game for the graphics so so jay i heard you make mention of homesteading up there you got any big plans for the spring coming up after you get these trees out of your way yeah so um we're gonna start small you know, we're, uh, we already, what was nice about this property is 11 acres, which is, that's a lot for Massachusetts. Um, and, uh, so we have a couple of lots that get some good sun. So we're going to start with like maybe six to 10 raised beds, you know, eight by eight by two, probably, um, maybe, uh, 12, 15 crops, something like that. Just start, mm. you know, start manageable. Um, we got a, a, a beautiful chicken coop was already here when we moved in. So, uh, we're going to get, maybe we're going to start with like 10 chickens and, uh, 10 hens and one rooster. Uh, it's an old alpaca farm. So there's already like sheds all over the place, uh, like alpaca coverings and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, well, well, I mean, it's, it, the crazy part is like having to learn all the steps before you can start planning, having to learn all this stuff like, all right, so now I got a compost. What the fuck is compost, you know, uh, made up of? Uh, so it's it's challenging because basically everyone has a different theory on what makes the best compost makeup. Um, and so, you know, I started like five or six different experiments because I'm like, yeah. I know I'm going to fuck this up. So I'm going to keep each one of these small yeah. and just uh 
try to keep uh, each one self-contained and, and make sure that like each one has just one variable of difference from each other. Figure out which one works right. Um, I was doing vermicomposting uh, too, so there would be a worm bin breaking mm -hmm. in, so uh, harvest, harvesting the worm, uh, the worm castings. Uh, it's really nice. good fertilizer, uh, but I already oh, killed is. my first set of worms, so I'm starting the second one. Well, there, worms are, if you keep your, uh, the one thing you want to watch, uh, watch for is like, uh, depending on like the bedding you use for chickens, okay? If you use like straw and stuff like that, you don't want to immediately take that like chicken poop and straw and throw it in uh, with your plants or whatever. You got to let you got to let it go for a little bit. But the best thing you can do is use that when you when the gardens are down, cover your raised beds in your areas with that straw and with the chicken poop mixed in and just leave that over top of the ground because it will it will keep heat in and allow those worms. I, I have redone, like, I mean, just like leaving, uh, I left the straw and everything covering my raised beds and my gardens out back over the winter time. And we didn't get that bad of a winter here. And just going out there and raking it back a little bit, the ground has completely transformed. It really has. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try that out. We, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, um, <clears throat> Luis and, Luis and I spoke to a fellow here recently that has this really, you know, amazing idea, like layout thing and stuff that he had learned from another guy in a way. And he just kind of, he's like trying to expand it. And it's the, the food forest idea. And like, ever since he showed that to me, I've been watching some videos that he sent to me and stuff like that and looking into it more. And it's, it's such a brilliant idea, especially even in an area like what you've got going on, you know, a little bit of homestead type area and stuff like that. And, you know, you're talking about 15 or so crops and he, the way he explained this, you could have a lot of those that would be, you know, like annual, they'd keep coming back and stuff like that. You'd minimum moving. And it, it was just really amazing. And it, it even produces some compost out of that. And then, and not to backtrack too much, but, uh, I, you know, and I'm, you're right about that. Everybody has their own mixture, I guess, that works good. And there's something about pig shit. Like, I, it, I, my pigs are a pain in the ass, but like, pig shit is totally some top tier stuff to mix into your compost piles. Like, I've seen good results from using that. Like, I don't, I, I guess it's because they mine eat right. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, they're not grain fed and stuff like that they're, they're they do a lot of grazing on top of eating good eating pretty good like a lot of vegetables and vegetable scraps and stuff like that like they're 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 well taken care of they're probably better than i do i think like <laughs> yeah you gotta keep an you, you gotta keep an even mix of like organic matter um food scraps organic yeah. matter um like if you Go to dig like a new bed or something like that. Take that dirt, mix it in with your compost. It's it's got to be you got to keep a healthy mix. Everybody thinks that compost is they're just going to dump scraps mm -hmm. and whatever into their compost bin, and it'll just magically turn into this mixture that you can mix into the ground. And that's not the case. And another thing that would be really good for you to do: Do you are you just gonna are, are your chickens going to be free range? 
Um, we're going to have areas that they can graze and not, I mean, you know, peck okay. at and not peck at. So th there will be cordoned off sections, but not totally. A really good graze. thing that I've seen done is I have it. I can't do that because I'm in a limited area where I, with chickens, rabbits, and my gardens and everything, I can't have free range chickens. Cause, you, but you. what you do is you have your compost pile and you can bury your chicken food in the compost pile and instead of having to turn it chickens are one of the most amazing ground turners when they go to scratch and dig for food they will turn that mm -hmm. pile of compost for you within a day or two with yeah, your with yeah. your chicken thing um you know is when it comes to trying to pin down chickens the best advice i can give you there is do a chicken tractor yeah, like whatever contraption you build, build it on wheels so that you can roll it around the, the property or whatever. And they still have the free free range in a sense, because there is not a fence that is going to keep chickens contained. Like if, if you <laughs> if you do not have them in something that's contained, like chickens are anarchists from the word go and they will totally sacrifice their own life to get whatever it is they're trying to dig for. I've, 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 I've unfortunately lost many a chicken to a mixture of eagles, stray dogs, a bobcat probably. And I know coyotes and stuff because they'll, they'll get to wandering out and you're just like, well, shit. And a little while later, you'll hear it. Like you'll hear him scream from far off. And it's just like, well, damn, that's another one down, unfortunately. And I mean, it's, we've it's, got an owl, yeah. Oh, God. We got an owl watching ours oh, yeah. right now. We got a great horn that comes into the tree in our backyard and watches our rabbits and chickens. I watched an owl and, pick uh, up a duck. <laughs> Rec no, seriously, recently we found out what was eating our outside cat food, That cat, that, the food for our outside cats. And we've got this big raccoon that comes over and steals the cat food from outside. This boy probably weighs 40 pounds. Easy. And the oh, thing with shit. raccoons, though, is uh, they will kill indiscriminately just for the fun of it. They'll kill your chickens and ducks just for the fun of it. Yes. Yeah. Fucking They'll pull their heads man. off. I mean, I, I love raccoons, but I fucking hate them, too. Like, they're the, they're the cutest sons of bitches until, you know, you, you watch them exist. They're fucking assholes. This is true, but, though. Uh, I I know we got like I know we got coyotes out here. I was out here the other night, and um, I heard it. I definitely heard a pack of coyotes. There's a couple of owls around here, and there are tons of hawks. There are so. Oh man, there's a raccoon right there. Yeah, I mean, there are so many hawks in the area. Um, so there's uh, there's eagle protection out here in Massachusetts. I mean, I think there's eagle protection everywhere, but it's it extends here to the hawks. Um, and I noticed there was a huge boom in the rabbit population maybe about ten years ago. I had never seen as many rabbits and as, as many wild rabbits as I have in Massachusetts as I have in the past ten years. And then immediately the hawk population just shot the fuck up. Causation may or may not be correlation, but um, that was at least my observation. And um, and even in Lowell, Lowell is an urban area, but we have, uh, you know, we call them river hawks. They're just like those small black hawks. But, dude, they, they roll in packs. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, like, those little black uh, black and brown hawks, mm -hmm. but they, they, they hunt in packs in the spring. And they just, um, they circle the river, probably uh, hunting for fish. I never actually seen them get one. And I'd, I'd watch them for hours. But, uh, yeah, we have to deal, we definitely have to deal with all that. We got an electric fence for the chickens to keep them, but it's a, it's a very small area. So, um, 
uh, thanks for telling me uh, ahead of time to know to watch out for fucking anarchist. Chains. Oh man, and and but it some of them you can kind of train down to stay within an area in a way. But like I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what it is. Leghorns are on top of the worst. Like they not only do they go everywhere and get everywhere, but they lay eggs in the weirdest friggin places like i have i found eggs and can, can, can confirm i have found can eggs confirm. on the roof i have found eggs underneath the air conditioning unit i have found eggs like inside of yard art i have found anywhere but the nest and you know it's the leghorns because they're the only white layers that i have and it'll be white they they will find a spot that is a catch when i found the ones underneath the air conditioning unit there was probably 30 40 eggs underneath there and i was like Shit. what the hell like when i was like you, you guys are just asking for a snake to come over here and bed up right here because i can't keep up with these when you got when you're laying them in random places they i, had a, I used to have a scrap pile and there would be when i was moving everything out of there there was just catches of eggs inside of just random refrigerators and random pieces of folded up metal and i'm just like leghorns it, it no a good supply of eggs but they are just some of the most headache chickens and it a good rooster always a good backup when you got a bird problem too like like i've i've found some i've found that there is if you have a good large sized rooster like he'll he will go toe to toe with even some of the biggest prey birds yeah, I've heard that. Um, we were actually just going to get uh, uh, pullets, you know, just a, a 10 pullets or something to start off. But uh, I've heard a lot of people, and I had a, a friend of mine say, like, no, you need a rooster because they need to keep those bitches in line. Yeah. I mean, Cause they'll, just, they get the, 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 they'll just eat each other up. You know, they'll uh, fuck with each other's. Uh, the, you know, that's uh, one of my friends has like cr uh, two cross beaked hens because they, they fight all day without a rooster around. Yeah. Oh, they will too. They'll, they'll, and, and people say it's a myth or whatever, but like if you don't eventually get a rooster around, like one of your hens is gonna become a rooster. Like it, it's unfortunate, especially if you're running a larger operation. But it will totally happen. I've seen it happen with my own eyes, and you're just like, wait, I bought you know this was all these were all girls, and this it, it's wild. But I I love chickens, man. Like they're they're on the top of my list of, of good things, and I always. I can always recommend a goat if you if you got the temperament to deal with one like because they're you never know oh, yeah, we want to get a goat mm -hmm. you never know sometimes they could be the friendliest goat in the world or sometimes they're going to be a complete fucking asshole and you have to build a arm bar i, I built an arm bar out of an old <laughs> refrigerator handle that i can just grab onto and run up the side of me or whatever so that when i get out there and cusco wants to get lit up with me i can i can just bang him off like because he's gonna he's coming full force when he feels like it's attack mode time and then i've got another one that cusco. yeah i man he was he's my little buddy and then i i i joke around about the other one being an anarchist goat but she's the sweetest of them all and she will come lay in the middle of the outside table with you while you're sitting outside, like just climb up on the table, lay beside you. But she's, she thinks she's a dog. Like she's it, you know, goats are, goats are awesome. Goat milk, like homestead and stuff, man. That's something I definitely, I love bringing Speaking into of eggs idea because it's just, it's going to be the way to go. I think for a lot check, of people, check this out. What I've been getting a lot lately, I've got cinnamon Queens <clears throat> that are laying like, 
just your normal like I'm trying to get like right in the like camera store bought egg that looks good but then oh that's a double yoker are, I've been getting these constantly these massive double yolk eggs out of my leghorn hens huh. like I, I've got a whole I've got a whole dozen almost of like huge eggs that I used just recently and these are like the normal ones that we get it's funny you brought that up because the entire last set that I brought into the house or whatever like just about every one of them were double yokers and I was like what the hell is going on like it's, I guess this is that time of year everything's getting ready to to kickstart like we've already been semi-warm we had a little cold snap the past last week or whatever but you know i you know, personal farming or, you know, personal farm communities and stuff like it. I, I, I keep telling people all the time. I'm all about the idea of let's get something big enough and people that all have the same intentions, like, let's just do it ourselves. Like, it's, it's, it, I'm, I, I guess it's not that it's passive aggressive or it's not that I'm even worried about a Waco situation or anything like that. It's just that I'm, I'm like, no, like we could, we could, there's enough people out here that are thinking in the same mindset and another set of hands is always better than one. You know, I, I, I pull off a lot doing the homestead thing as much as myself as I can. Thankfully I have kids that are able to throw in helping hands and stuff like that. But I mean, I could imagine it being so much better if like case, you know, bandit and I were working together in the situation, you know, like it, it'd just be that extra set of hands and stuff like that. And, and we keep running into folks like yourself and there's, plenty of other awesome folks that i've met here that all have these ideas of homesteading and because isn't it isn't becoming self-sufficient like it's close to it's the closest you can get to real anarchy it's close you can get to freedom today. yeah absolutely yeah it really is the question i was and not only everybody is, it seems like in these communities that um i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off it seems like in these communities no no, no that, go ahead um, that it seems like in these communities that uh, they, there's a very high percentage of homesteaders, or at least people that that make the majority of you know the food that they eat on a daily basis on their own. And um, I don't think that's just a a, a peripheral type of uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's that it comes with the territory. Like I've wanted to do this for years, and uh, the stars just yeah. aligned perfectly. It used to be a way of life. Like I mean, you know, like. People, people ask about things like daylight savings times. Why does that exist? And that's because it was like a farm schedule thing. And and is, it, it's it's kind of weird though because wouldn't farmers is. just wake the fuck up when they need to? Absolutely, right? no, absolutely. Like you you wake up when well, you wake up it, as the sun's coming up as it is anyway. But like it's it's there's it it used to be such a way of life that you know that's why there was like there's a lot of things in like the like this way the school system was even built originally because there was times that the kids needed to be at home to do their to do their at home farm work and stuff like that because you had to spend the summer and fall months getting prepared for the winter because the grocery store was the 40s when the first like big commercial grocery store was really a thing sure there was places you could go and get like flour and stuff like that general stores and stuff like that sure don't get me wrong but there was so many things that were produced at home and you know canned at home and made at home and instead of being able to go and get you something out of the freezer section and pop it in the microwave like people don't like that's such a small 
time frame that that has actually even existed that you know pe- people don't i don't think people can actually comprehend that like our grandparents great grandparents in some cases made it through like the great depression and stuff like that because they knew how to be poor and eat you know from home like we do potatoes will grow anywhere i'll tell you that right now like that's that's <laughs> it it's and yeah. and you can sustain yourself if you you got a goat and got some potatoes planted in the ground well that means you got butter and you got potatoes and that means you can actually sustain yourself to live on those two items believe it or not so if it comes to it you know that's i think there were more people i guess it seems like there was a gap like, you know, our great grandparents and stuff were capable like we were. And then our grandparents and parents got modernized or something and lost yeah, it all. And got, like lost it all. Dumb. Like we they a lot of real dumb. A lot of us have had to wing it and learn this stuff along the way. Like, you know, dude, I, that's why I really do. This is that whole the Internet's a double edged sword because I have learn so many things from finding somebody on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or something that they happen to have a really neat skill. And I'm just like, well, all right, if they can do this, I've got the same amount of brain matter, you know, up here and two full working hands still have all my fingers for now. So I'm pretty sure I'm capable of at least trying to figure out how to do this. Like, even if it's not, perfect you know at least i can make it enough to continue going whether it be mechanic work or rebuilding things with you know like servicing in appliances like you think i i went in blind and stuff like that but now it's kind of second nature just because you learn you learn what to do you learn how to work with it and the more you learn these things and the more you learn from your mistakes the more skills you obtain like it I feel bad for people that go and waste 10 years of life in the same college to learn how to, I don't know, design an engine that sucks to work on because they think they're an engineer and they're smart, but. I just met actually recently, I met a a car designer and he didn't go to traditional school and he's working now with private projects to design cars for um, wealthy individuals that want to build their own custom vehicles. And then, so what they did recently, they were putting uh, the engine of a plane in a car, modifying it, giving it a form of a clutch to some some, some degree, and it's in the body of of what it would call like it's it's similar to a, a Volkswagen Beetle, but the slope and the design it's gorgeous. It's 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 really beautiful, but it's interesting that. All these rich people buying all these ridiculous and overly priced cars and millions of dollars and why don't they just get custom designed like what what level of like creativity do these people have it's so sad what? but see uh, i think we I surpassed think a lot of it is, is sorry sorry yeah i was gonna say what i think a lot of it is, is is this this generation that came before us the two generations before us there's just something wrong with them dude i mean there's plenty of stuff wrong with our generation too but there was just 
they don't fucking get it. You know what I mean? And I'm, I've always been like, anytime I get new roommates or a, or a new girlfriend or new housemates or something like that, I have to sit them down and like, hey, listen, this is what you do with your fucking trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is recyclable. This is not. Why are we having this conversation at age 32 and 34? This is fucking ridiculous. Um, and the one thing uh, that I've learned, even just this couple of months of living here, um, especially from, you know, uh, obviously having an intention to compost and things like that, and, and not having actual uh, trash services out here like there is in the rest of fucking Massachusetts. That's why the property taxes are so low in Royalston. Um, but it, it, it's it, it like what we do with our waste is absolutely reprehensible on a level which like it, 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 it just infuriates me uh, most days when I see people doing things with their trash. And when you're in places like when you're in cities you have to do the things with your trash in the place that you are and that kills me too throwing something in a recycling bin that i know goes in the same fucking compartment of the trash truck as the trash you know what i'm saying and um like just i i you you can reduce your waste and your impact on the environment which isn't that what all you motherfucking liberals are always fucking yelling at me all the time we need to reduce our carbon footprint as they throw a fucking soda bottle in the goddamn trash you know like like that is that is exactly how you do it and and this this type of metropolitan cosmopolitan type of life this synthetic reality that's been grafted on top of this organic thing, thing uh it totally just separates people from well the i mean the consequences is it, it it separates them from responsibility for their actions and responsibility for what they do with i mean even something so simple as waste but it it separates you from the value of your waste like i am huge on like someone's throwing away an hdmi wire and i'm like yo dog get the fuck out like you just put some electrical tape on it like this is still good what the fuck are you doing it's like ah it's trash and i'm like first of all we have e-waste like we have places we take this shit you don't throw that in the garbage barrel like people throw in lithium batteries in the fucking trash or something like that um but yeah i mean even if like one thing i've been finding is like we produce too much waste for me to compost right now i don't i haven't built the big bins yet i'm still working out on fucking tote bins and stuff um but you know i'm like well put that over here to the side and we'll just like bury it you know what i'm saying like that can that can benefit the ground at least if I'm not going to be using it actively to grow food with and compost, like we can do something responsible with that. We don't need to throw it away. And like, boom, I, I think it was uh, Scandinavia, well, like maybe it was Finland or some shit. They were trying to figure out they were putting too much. Uh, they were their their uh, dumps were overflowing their landfills. So what they did was they gave every citizen three chickens free from the government, and then they said, take your food scraps and feed it to the chickens. That's all they that that was the entire purpose of giving everybody three chickens and they reduced their waste by like 25 30 percent something like that and so just this this like way of life that our parents and their parents who like have you ever met a 60 year old person they're a fucking idiot you know what i mean like there's no wisdom there you know they're few and far between granted like 65 percent of people off the top suck you know um but like in those two generations, finding good people with good heads on their shoulders is a very, very rare thing. And like, I'm a supervisor. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a supervisor of a logistics warehouse, a receiving warehouse uh, for a veterans hospital. And um, all of my employees are in their 50s. They're fucking idiots. Like, I love them as people, but they 
have no clue about anything. They can't work a computer. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to learn. They don't know how to fucking read. Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with you? And I just inherited all these employees. And I know I'm safe in saying this because they're not going to watch this show because they're not curious people. They're, 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 they are argumentative. They're hard headed. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. End of rant. But yeah, we need to get back to the fucking land is what I was trying to say. Well, well, you know, it, you you were talking you're talking about like the trash and stuff like that and I find this I find this number interesting because I've always known that you know there's the there's big money in trash and this is the first time I think I've seen one that's has it defined as a 1612 billion like so apparently it doesn't go up after uh hundreds of billions it goes into thousands of billions and they're talking about that they're going to by 20 2030 being worth 2,483 billion and like I wonder why they don't want to say trillions why don't they want to say trillions are they scared it's to say trillions like, like, we are not necessarily one of the most polluting countries no by far no by far we, we are, are one not. of the biggest we are one of the biggest wasters like yes. our food waste and just product waste that we we've become such a disposable um society like they said in fight club everything is single serving you know single serving friends single serving food everything and then it just goes like as soon as it hits its sell by date it goes like in the trash it you know yeah, i mean if it's, you ever feel nostalgic for the if you ever feel nostalgic for the past and you really want to reconnect with your childhood open up a boomer's fridge you'll find fucking frank's red hot oh in there from God. fucking 2006 please like what the fuck are we talking like, uh, we, we're gonna trash bitch. talk some like, boomers FIFO. now i'm down for this man i'm down for this <laughs> all right i'm just saying like i've no, i moved in it's with, not uh, with my mother-in-law like, and um Go to your go to go to some high end stores and go into uh, just take a day and go dumpster diving and see what companies throw away every day. It will blow you yeah. away. On a, you know it'll really blow you away. No pun intended. Just watch what the fucking federal government throws away. They'll throw away shit they just bought just yes. so that they don't admit that they wasted money. I do it every fucking day. Do you like these motherfuckers? <laughs> do you know how they these throw away stuff? They start a proxy war with a country, and they ship secondhand gear to them, so they in turn have an excuse to buy new. I hear a place with a U is involved in this. Yes, yeah, you got it, you got it. That's how the government. I mean, you throws away. Yeah, stuff. You pick a letter of the alphabet, and they've they've bombed that that letter. Yeah, uh, I think every letter in the alphabet is in Czechoslovakia. So we bombed that country. We bombed the whole alphabet right there. <laughs> no, I'm um, seriously though. I mean, but and it, but this is that old say. You know, I, I'll I'll I will before we rip the boomers to complete shreds tonight because you know I, I don't mind at all oh, either. I'm always calling generation to destroy the world. Yeah, oh. like they they are right when they tell me one thing when i show up with new refrigerators and it's always i, I hear the same thing every single day and it's they don't build new them like fridges they used don't to last well it's they don't build mm. them like they used to and as you know i think a refrigerator is a great example because as somebody who does install and work on them it really is i have seen refrigerators in in i have seen refrigerators that work that have that are from the 60s that still work 
and refrigerators right. that I delivered. Yeah, the wife and I were just talking about one that we saw one on uh, Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace for $400. That was a 1962, 63 something that was still running. And but I'm like, I would be trying to load that, load that thing into the bed of my pickup truck by myself. Ain't going to work, man. And, and you take it. You take a chance buying a new refrigerator for you know two grand or whatever one you decided to get. And I've I have I have delivered refrigerators and turned around the next day and been back to do warranty work on them because there was something wrong with them. Like it. it and, and on top of the fact that I like to keep bringing attention to this, um, any fridge made after to, from 2019 and forward is completely flammable and combustible and oh yeah um, could you show the image of I, that I, 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 when you told me that i was like you okay can't, so you can't this be. all comes down guess what this all comes down to saving money the, the fucking light bulb the light bulb i mean you can just make a led i don't gotta no no, no it no, comes no, down no. to the light bulb this it does come down to the light bulb they got together all of the light bulb manufacturers. Oh, you're talking about together. you're talking about the light bulb conspiracy, the design obsolescence part. The obs the obsolescence. Design obsolescence. They got together I and you were said about the fridge itself for a second. <laughs> no, it gets into that. It has everything to do, everything disposable now, and they they force you to buy new stuff after a few years. It comes down to the light bulb. It really does. We had and I I can use a fridge. It's we had. Uh, a fridge in here uh, before we replaced it uh, two years ago. It was only six years old. The rare time, I want to say the rare time you will read like, like anything conspiracy and they don't write theory next to it. Yes, because it's, it's not, not a theory. It's not a theory. It's a fucking fact. Mm. Oh, they also yeah. did this for yeah, that's, um, that's the name of the movie. They it also is. did this for these. So in the early 2000s, there was an actual conspiracy between all of the chip makers, or the memory makers, to jack up prices. That was in the oh, early 2000s. Why am I not surprised? That's why they were so insanely expensive. And, and I mean, just look at what Apple does with their updates and their batteries, man. It's like fucking... No, no, no. And then no, they, no, they stop doing it for a few years. That's been explained... And it, it, it's logical. I, while while people consider the concept of design obsolescence uh, happening in many respects, batteries do deplete. That is not. That is just chemistry. No, it, no, I'm not talking yeah. about the battery itself. Oh, that they I'm, slow I'm down the phone in order for the battery. battery. Yes. Yep. It, no, the replacement battery thing mm -hmm. is. That's a trend when that was, sadly right to repair needs to fight for. So that's a separate yes. thing. It's that, but that's right to repair more than design obsolescence. Because design obsolescence would be okay. that the phone like actually starts breaking down. And thankfully, the phones are not, the components are breaking down, but the battery, chemically, that's the only thing that once we get graphene batteries, it's all like, it's over. We, we can finally have something that can last for 10 years and not worry about it. But, but the good thing with all of this is, though, is like, that this has all come to like a culmination of events, like with all of this, um, that has pushed people, more people into homesteading, homeschooling their kids, reusing, uh, upcycling everything. It, it really has pushed so many more people to saying, I don't, I can't, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And it, 
really has over. I mean, and I, I hate to bring it up, but COVID really did like push a lot of people to to homeschooling and homesteading and everything because they finally saw like tyranny in action, and they're like, I, "I'm done with this, man. I really am. I, I'm going to get back to the land." Even if you're, even if you're where I'm at, where you got to work with three quarters of an acre, and you're just like, or half an acre, and you got to do the best you can, um, which is a good thing. I, I really like seeing that. That's especially, and you see it on TikTok. And I think that is one of the main reasons why they have pushed for a TikTok ban, is because they it's it's a threat the ability for people to communicate like this and share info like this and get people to see things for the way they really are it has threatened the government so i've never heard that take that's a, that's an interesting take oh man you know tick tiktok i'll go i'm going to give tiktok its credit there man i i it's when i first downloaded it because i was doing mechanic job and sitting in between cars and stuff and one of the other one of the younger loop tech guys had it down and kept showing me videos and i was just like fine i'll watch stupid videos on my own phone and i downloaded it and started playing around with it and i start like i started finding and seeing homesteaders and people with you know unique abilities and stuff like i I've, I've heard the stories and people are always like oh all it is is you know boob shaking and dumb kid shit and i'm like sure if you let your algorithm get to that that was point. vine you know like <laughs> that was vine like on tiktok yeah. like on tiktok I, I met i met inspiring people with you know that were actually out there doing it like they they actually were like okay screw it here's me living out of my van or screw it. Here's me living on this chunk of land that I just bought out of a container. And like, we're just going to go with it and see where it goes. And, you know, seeing, seeing people do stuff like that, like, you know, the way, the way you were mentioning and that stuff back there, man, like I feel they have tried their damnedest to attempt at a lot of things. And this goes into the right to work on your own stuff, things too. Um, mm -hmm to regulate away your ability to be very self-sufficient. You know, the, the car, the car is a great example to me for this, because there was a point in time where you could pretty much do almost absolutely everything there was to your car or truck right in your own garage without even having to, you know, think about going outside of it unless you cracked a head or needed a full engine replacement. And even then you were probably down to do it because it was just a handful of bolts, but now you, you can't like, you know, I, I worked for Nissan for quite a few years and you can't even get into the system to, uh, you know, adjust things and stuff unless you have the right key card and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to think that we're making it to where the, yeah, it, it it's a lot like with the medical field and stuff like we're making it to where the only people that can do anything about the stuff that is coming out broken is the people that you know produce the broken stuff to begin with it, and it's it it's just it's getting ridiculous i think well that's why they want to regulate uh supplements yeah absolutely yeah there's, yeah, there's like, no doubt like in my the, mind the fucking what the FDA fucking mm -hmm. uh, like what they accept. I want to classify all supplements as drugs. Is, Sub yeah, it's yeah this this is one for example that they want to classify as a drug that um, is very popular as something to 
help your body in general. It's been a supplement in Japan for decades. So they're going to use this case to fight them saying, look, this has already been in Japan for decades as a supplement. Why are you determining that that is now a drug? Or an exa- another example is I uh, have here is Alpha GPC. Uh, and this is great stuff. It has very positive results in relation to cognition, memory retention, and especially for older people, the results are like 125% improvement in memory for older people. So nice. if you have a family yeah. member that has memory issues, get them Alpha GPC and they might actually get amazing results yeah. out of it and and yeah, fuck regulating yeah. this stuff and turning it into drugs is the worst type of control that you can imagine i mean at least the chinese have chinese medicine which is basically a giant on un, unregulated un, madness that actually cures people to a great extent yes. i mean there's st- the chinese are still around they've been doing it for thousands <laughs> of years they knew they knew something I, I have a friend who's a chinese medicine practitioner and she heals people when the medical system can't heal them. So, I, you know, I, I, I really believe that, uh, you know, that there are things here and I, and I know this is big in like the Chinese medicine aspect of things, but there are things here all over this existence, you know, that we all see or whatever that, you know, that were put here to aid us. You know, this goes back into like the dandelion type conspiracy and stuff like that. But like, it's not it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Like it's, it's proven fact when you've got the companies that make the heart medicine or the same company that make the stuff to destroy the dandelion and stuff like that. When there's, you know, there's great benefits from things like that and many other things like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll attest to a lot of stuff. There's a lot of those in the Chinese medicine. There's a lot of, is a lot like the, you know, like Indian medicine, like over in India type Indian medicine and stuff like that, where there's a lot of teas and stuff that you, you know, you don't, there are people that don't get sick. I I met one person that I spoke to. He said he's never gotten sick in like he's 38. And he said literally in his life, he doesn't believe he's ever been sick. There's, there are, there are like, there are teas you sip on like, you know, like regular, like, you know, like down here in the South, it's sweet tea all day. Don't, you know, don't, and miss me with some fake stuff like it's it better be real sweet tea and not some kind of syrup nest tea garbage but like you've got other you know other teas are used for healing the aspect of a lot of teas were taking these different herbs and these different berries and stuff like that and even like old vegetables and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that you know we've we've done such a good job at genetically modifying fruits and vegetables to make them, you know, and a lot of selective breeding and stuff to make them what they are today. But like, I don't think there was ever a time fruits and vegetables were the main portion of the human diet because, you know, they weren't as sweet and colorful and stuff like that as they are today. They, a lot of them used to be bitter and more, and again, more of the aspect of something you would mix in with your herbs and stuff like that to take, to take as a medicine and you know they've they've done such a good job at force feeding us food like product that i think that's the root of a lot like not just the obesity problem but i think it has a lot to do with the like the mental illness problem that you know plagues the united states as well on on top of a lot of other things you know there's there's so much negative chemical garbage that people ingest on a daily basis even when you're trying to not like it when you break it down and you're and you start looking at things in stores 
a lot of people that are on like an awakening journey, like I, I've known them too, and even myself way back in the day, like you just get, you were like, oh, fuck, I can't eat. There's nothing I can eat. I'm scared to eat anything. I don't eat anything, you know, and you, you, it, this is what leads, I think, well, into a lot of the, the homesteading US? and stuff, but. <clears throat> Half of the U.S. is it half or more than half of the population of the U.S. is set to be obese by 2030? Not no. just overweight. Yeah, I kind of think I, I, I oh, just overweight. Think that that's just to sell that over fifty percent is already overweight. I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's overweight. They are saying oh, like oh. Obese, obese by 2030. Yeah, it's because they got they got that like, new like we know we know that coming down the pipeline. That's why you just have you, you could just walk out into public. I don't need to see a statistic. I don't need to see a poll or a statistic or a study to say that half the population is already overweight. I can go out in the public and see that. I'm saying yeah, especially like, down ob- south, obese, man, a lot of fat people. Oh yeah, so many fat people. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, we got a lot. We, we got a lot of fried food, man. Like there's the, the, <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the crazy thing is too is that, that ain't no joke that will, like they'll re- they'll religiously take their Xanax every day they'll take their Adderall you know they'll take all their shit yep. however it trying to convince them to take fucking like a multivitamin and fish oil is like pulling teeth They're like I just can't remember that I'm like well you don't fucking forget your search ruling do you and the crazy part also is then you have the the one degree further than that the people that do actually take vitamins and fish oil you're like yo man you should probably be taking like a whole food uh, multivitamin and not just like some synthetic vitamins that your body's just going to shit out anyway. Also, you might not want to take fish oil. And they're like, what? They're supposed to be good for you. It's like, well, yeah, but it's also fucking chock full of mercury because that's what fucking fish just happen to absorb at high levels. And so you're going to want to get the algae, which is where the fucking, where all the good fatty acids come from anyway. So just cut oh, out yeah. the fucking middleman and go right to the source. Right. Um, and and, and you another thing down that, that with a 64 ounce is, diet Coke. Nah, man, you should drink White Claw. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I was. Uh, did you guys <laughs> listen to? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys? Uh, do you guys read any Philip K. Dick at all? Yeah, I've, I've, I have. So like, I'm a fuck. I fucking love Philip K. Dick. I've went. And I've read like all of his uh, all of nice. his obscure short stories and shit like that. And while you okay. were talking about planned obsolescence, it got me thinking about a short story. But I can't fucking remember the name of it. It might be War Veteran, but I don't think it is. It's crazy because this dude, he's like from 1919. I think he just got out of the war, which is why I think it's War Veteran. But it might not be. So don't quote me on that. But he just one day he's just like in his wagon and he's like a he's like a fixer. He's a tinkerer. He just goes like village to village and he's like hey man you got some broken shit because i can fix anything and you know his big thing is like these hands like i love these hands and um so he just time travels one day to the future it's like 2050 or some shit and it's like post-war like post-world war three or some shit and it's illegal the government makes it illegal to repair anything and um, so he's getting chased down by the government because he's going like town to town and just like going like, hey, what's that? A microwave? Is that? Pro- oh, no, he doesn't know it's a microwave, of course, because it's from the fucking early 1900s. Sure. But he's like, man, I'm fucking around. With it. He's like, I can fix that. It's just like a broken wire. And people are like, you fix stuff like that's not allowed. He's like, what do you mean? You guys don't fix stuff? And they're like, no, you can't. Actually, I'm calling the police. And like it takes place uh, in the backdrop of like this this uh, intergalactic war where this AI is is like telling them that there's this probability that if they don't do like a up up uh, 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 what is that a, 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 a an advanced strike what's that a, a strike 
before they strike. What, what the fuck is that called? A preliminary like a preempt, strike. Like a preempt, preemptive strike. Preemptive strike. That's what it is. And they're like trying to figure out like, should we fucking bomb Alpha Centauri first? Or like, and then the AI is good. It's just like, it's crazy. It's all over the place. It's like a very convoluted story. It doesn't really make sense, which a lot sure. of Phil K. Dick stories, they don't really make sense. But like, he's got some gems. There's, um, there seems to, you know, I've, that I had that website. Actually, it's it's got like all of his short stories and a lot of his books and stuff like that. That of course I'll share with this episode too. But I, when I, as soon as I pulled it up, I was like, oh yeah, this is you know this is some regular stuff that I have. And I, to me, it's some early. In a way, it's a lot of early predictive programming in a sense. Like you know, there's so many things from his crazy, outlandish, futuristic short stories and stuff like that, and in a lot of aspects, that you're just like, wait, like. That that's happening now, or we've I've, we've already seen this happen, and it's it's yeah. it's it's wild how I don't, I don't necessarily think it was <clears throat> predictive programming. I think it was more of a profit. That's sure. my opinion. Like I, I don't I don't shit on people if they think he was predictive programming or in on it or anything like that. But I do think that he just like was hooked in. Have you ever um Have you ever heard about his experiences uh, with? Uh, he probably had a stroke. But have ever have have you ever heard of like any of the stories he wrote like po like Valis and on like after that, like, that? he had a he had this experience. Yeah, like he had this experience where like um he started getting information from the ether is basically yeah. the way that he described yeah, yeah, it. Like he was yeah, communicating yeah. with ancient spirits and aliens and all that. He had no fucking idea what it was, but there are things like his wife was like, I saw an interview one time and he was like, he's full of shit. He was just staring at this girl's tits and he was pretending like he was having a mystical experience. And, um, because it, she had a, like a Christian fish with like a gem in it and it like beamed this light into his head or whatever, whatever like that. But he, she did say like, you know, there was that one thing with the appendix, and I guess what happened was is he got one of these transmissions from one of these entities, and they told him they needed to get his son to the hospital right now because his appendix was going to burst and he was going to die. And his wife was like, you can't fucking know that. He's just got a fever or whatever. And he's like, no, we got to rush him to the hospital. They get him there. The fucking doctors are like, how the hell did you know that his appendix was going to burst? And he was like, well, the fucking the spirits told me. And they're like, whatever. But even his wife, who was like, that motherfucker was full of shit. He did nothing but lie, except for that one time. That was a little weird. Well, it, and and I guess maybe predictive programming was the wrong word to go at. But, like, it, you know, I believe that things are, you know, already in that ether, as you made mention right there. Like, like definitely. And, like, if, if you know, there's ways to... Uh, in a sense, bring them to fruition. And, you know, like his, his stories were so loved by so many people and stuff like that. It's crazy to see some of this weird dystopian stuff, almost making it to, you know, today in a, in a sense, a lot like with a, with a lot of like other ones too, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't even like to throw 1984 as being predictive programming or whatever. I just think that it was, it's one of those things that, you know, like the idea come to him and it was something that was, Something that was definitely going to like happen but, sometime. The ether just hadn't born it yet. You know what I mean? Like you could you, also call 1984 the the greatest script ever written in the relationship to. Hey, what's the best? Yeah. I, oh, this approach. And and how yeah, do we well, not that, get that, fucked? Well, you do this. Oh, great. Yeah. So this is what they might do. All right, cool. And the the thing the thing with George Orwell too, though, is that he fought in the Spanish Civil War, and mm -hmm. and he saw that. Um, so the 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 communist Soviets they were uh, funding the proxy, they were funding via proxy um, a communist uh, takeover of that, and then there was a fascist. It was messy, and it it doesn't make much sense, but it was actually the the precursor, it was the backdrop to World War Two. 
but also he had friends inside the Soviet Union. Now, at the time, you got to understand when he was writing this shit in 48, they yeah. didn't know what was going on in the Soviet Union yet. Like some stuff would leak out. But for the most part, there was a there was a good cap on information that could actually make it out of the Soviet Union. Like they didn't know about the pogroms. They didn't know about the uh, they didn't know about the gulags, anything like that. So when he started getting all that information, he's like, wow, man, we need to fucking we, uh, that's why he wrote Animal Farm. He was like, we need I mean, to start can, telling people. You can also about look this at shit. Huxley, who was a contemporary of his, Brave New World in 1930s. Yes, actually, they were, uh, uh, George Orwell was Huxley's um, French tutor when Huxley was younger. But Huxley is one of these motherfuckers. He's an insider, right? Like him, yes. Julian Huxley, his brother was the first head of UNESCO. Like they sure. were plugged into the elite. But but, and but maybe you look you at the end of the book, which is not a spoiler, because if you haven't read a book written in 1936, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> the end of the book is the best part. And they say... Oh, we can have a four-day work week. We can have a four-hour work day. In 1936, yeah. somebody was writing the theory that now everybody's saying, yeah, you know, we can do a four-hour work day and a four-hour work week. And it's, yeah. and it's this weird crescendo where we're getting to this weird point where the powerful realizing if we don't start giving these people some some liberty back we're gonna get really fucked and we need to give them some before we really screw them over with technological supremacy over with the artificial intelligence taking over everything because we're too lazy to do it so we're gonna just have the computers do it but they forget that humans design the computers so eventually we humans can just take over then the computers back so we're this weird crux yeah. of like are we gonna go north or south well, there's a lot to unpack there, really, because so uh, when when he's talking about the four day or the four hour work week back then, that was based on the it was a very popular idea at the time. People were running the calculations. They were like, well, if we this was before planned obsolescence, which was probably will bring a full circle. That was probably one of the reasons they instituted planned obsolescence, other than it being a good business model to, for, you know, multinational corporations and all that stuff was that they, these guys were running calculations. They were like, actually, people are going to be able you know, if we continue this rate of consumption of goods and services and all this stuff, people are really only going to have to work this certain amount. You know, there were people that had different that, that uh, they, results they cover the exactly that in the book. Yep, you're right. I mean, that book, like, yeah, and you hear him talking and, and, as well. And then like, it I coming knew what back the fuck or... he was talking about. Oh, sorry, sorry I didn't mean to. I, there's no, just no, no. A, there's just a delay. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, th that it's coming back around. So basically, when things are being pushed, you know, on this type of level, and you start getting acceptance by the government, which I always tell people, like, if you're in a room and the fucking government, the municipal, state, federal, and corporations are on your side, get the fuck out the room because somebody's gonna die. Um, this is like you talk about, yeah, you know, COVID, George Floyd, all that stuff. Get the fuck out the room. If everyone's saying the same thing, get the fuck out the room. Uh, but if if the government is talking about four hour, four day work weeks, that's because there's an agenda behind, it, and that's because they want to phase humans out. So they know that, like, for the for the majority of the American population, the most exercise they're getting is at work, and so you just want to start phasing the humans out. You know, get they're, they're, people don't do productive shit with their free time. You know what I mean? Like. There's a very small amount of us that did more shit during 2020, 2021, all that stuff than other people. Everybody just fucking did nothing and just spent their fucking stimulus checks. But I mean, I picked up more hours at work, but, you know, that's that's because what, I had the what, what I don't get, though, is, I mean, the amount of theft that happened in 
this these few years. So Oxfam, who is also not the greatest in terms of uh, reputational organizations because of all the child stuff, but Oxfam did a study and they determined how bad wealth inequality was. And it was, I think, a, f- a billionaire made $1.3 to $1.7 million for every dollar a regular person made. So in $42 trillion of value was created in just these past few years. $42 trillion, and they kept all of value. it. Well, yeah. no, it's like... Yeah, and it, it just keeps... It all keeps funneling for up, the planet. Too. So this $42 yeah, trillion yeah, yeah. is for the entire planet, so... When we take the context as the whole planet, then it's a whole different number. Just saying the United States, but the United States printed like 20. (laughs) (laughs) And furthermore, these motherfuckers like it doesn't matter what happens. The consequence is always that the 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 money just flows back up. You know what I'm saying? Like all these banks that are getting shut down, you got the four big banks. You should a good inflation law. The inflation cannot go higher than the rate of how how fast it's possible to print it. Bet. That's At the actually... rate of current price, uh, bills available without creating mm-hmm. new bills. That would actually curve inflation massively. See, Jer- like all these, all these crooks. Jerome Powell wants to destroy the economy. Like, I don't believe a second that he gives a flying fuck about anyone because he literally just raised the rates again. 25 basis points. Like, what the fuck are you doing? The, the economy is imploding. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me raise the rates some more. Let me create a bigger chaos. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, they, they also said the FDIC might insure now up to 10 million. Yeah, right. Which totally. is makes sense. Well, it was 250,000, which was a joke. That made no sense. Yeah, but hopefully that's real. But at that at this point, it's like, is it? Is what was hyperinflation at the end of the Wehrmacht? What was hyperinflation? We're talking. What what was it? What what did it cost to get a loaf of bread? Two hundred trillion benchmarks. Was it? Well, was it level of? uh, Was it the Zimbabwe level? I think it was worse. I think it was the worst example of hyperinflation in recorded history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were saying in three hours the pricing would change three times. Like the in, in yeah, hours, the pricing would ex- explode. Yep, you for, you brutal. could get the price you could get for two sausages in uh, it just like an hour or two. It would cost that much to get a half of one. But I have never seen the full breakdown of how the hell that was even possible. Uh, like what exactly the, the government was doing. But there was the Warburg family. You uh, one of the richest families in all of Europe that nobody's heard about. They are the ones that held all of the Nazi companies while basically they were not Nazi. Uh, and that's how most of the German power stayed power it was a bunch of Finnish people that kept all those companies afloat temporarily as the economy was imploding but under normal circumstances all those companies would have gone bust with the economy do you guys you guys you guys think this guy right here will make a make a comeback here soon since the the economy's going the way that it is this will be okay you know i was just i was just i was just about to mention this motherfucker you know it's funny too because one of those warburgs was over here helping to craft the federal reserve um 
And what's crazy is like I have to field this weird question all the time, like because everyone's got this weird like conception of the Nazis, and and it's it's I, I just can't wrap my mind around it. So it, it usually is couched in what? Uh, so you're a non-interventionist. You don't think you know what? What, what do you think? You think America shouldn't intervene in World War Two? I was like, no, nah, I don't think the Americans should have intervened in World War One because then there wouldn't have been no fucking Hitler. You know what I'm saying? Just let the French and fucking Germans battle it out. Fuck them. You know, fuck them, you know, but yeah, yeah, we got to we got to go help them. What? Because we they owe us some money. Everybody acts like if you lose a war, it's the end of time. Right. Like um, that's why mm -hmm. New York was was drafting legislation right before the Civil War, because New York was actually thinking about joining with the South. They were going to go against the Union. They were going to be like because they didn't want the they didn't want the cotton trade to dry up. So they were they had this this legislation sitting there. They were like, well, maybe we should just, you know, stay with the South because that's where all our fucking money is. And they it was all it was all um, put forward in these terms. It was like, well, if the South loses the war, we're all of our trade is going to dry up. We're never going to have another export again. It's like, nah, people bounce back and countries bounce back. You know, when they don't bounce back is when you put undo like a total unfair reparations package in their fucking lap after they lose. California. Look what California is getting ready. What, what is California going to pay reparations at for slavery? 500 now? billion. It's gonna, 500 it's, billion or something. It's going to no $641 billion and they already have what, what is their deficit now? They, they're already coming up on a trillions, deficit. Trillions. I, yeah, bill, yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's it'll, never, it'll never happen. They're, he, they're, they're just trying to garner votes right in the most ridiculous way possible. But like you said, Jay, you brought up a really good, you, you, you made a really good statement there. Countries will bounce back. The do. U.S. Will bounce back. will bounce back. Will bounce back. Not California, though. No. Not, no, no. The U.S. will bounce back. We might look a little bit different afterwards, but we will bounce back. What, what, yeah. where, 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 where did all the neurons in all these people's brains go to? Like, the, what drugs are they taking? I'd like to understand. Chemtrail air. Were you talking specifically California? Well, those politicians. Or just in general in the United States? I mean, I know in general opiates are, are the bee's knees, and that's the reason why everybody's screwed. Fluoride. Yeah, fluoride. I don't oh, have you guys heard about the fluoride trials? I have heard about the fluoride trials. Yeah, yeah. So they just actually released the fluoride trials. So the FDA was trying to withhold information. There was this organization that was trying to get the FDA to release all of their studies on fluoride because they had petitioned them to actually do this in 2016. Yeah, and it turns out, wow, well, you know, it fucking lowers the IQ of children, and it has no yeah, it positive impact in terms of dental health, absolutely none. You know what? I mean, I did, I, I, I go through these phases where I'm, like, super healthy, and then it, it, you know, slips for a while, and then I get back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that well, thing anymore, the, that's the why good I can't news think is straight. Limited exposure to fluoride uh, doesn't really hurt you. Like, let's say once or twice you drink no, fluoride, it's, it's the consistency it's the of drinking. Is it showers? Yeah, and it's in the showers is the is the worst. Yeah, because your pores open up. And <laughs> showers it just, the it worst? It goes right in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you don't have a filter on your shower head, you're just getting you're getting the worst type of exposure to fluoride possible. That's why you shouldn't be using all kinds of chemicals in your soaps and shampoos as well because your your pores are are very vulnerable when you're in the shower. The well, hotter yeah, the shower, the more vulnerable you are. Yep, the hotter the shower, the more the more you can take in it, all kinds of things like that and that you know it People, people overlook that aspect, I think. You know, you hear a lot of people always on the don't drink the fluoride thing, but then they don't, you know, they, they wash their pots and pans in it or, you know, they, they bathe in it or they swim in it, you know. or Coffee you know, is one of the worst ones. Oh, yeah, especially if you don't have the, the proper filtration system set up to make yourself some coffee right, you know, like that's 100% there, like because people are just constantly taking in this fluoride and so many different things. And, you know, there's... There and there are, you know, filters. We were talking about that, me and Luis and the guy we had recently. We're talking, you know, there are filters that can get rid of big chunks of these, you know, forever chemicals or whatever. And it's I highly recommend it. You know, just like whatever you're working on, you they even have them that you can hook up like to the main system of your house, so that like the water that's coming in is just clear. We're, you know, we're, regardless of how you got it coming in, whether it even if you got a well out here, you know, like I'm well kind of guy and it, it's it's crystal clear spring water as it is to begin with and probably some of the coldest most delicious water you'll ever drink but it's still good to run it through that filter because you you know you don't well, want a the, mouthful the of something part is you need to get a fluoride test kit to then even test these filters yes Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why uh, sediment filters are actually the best because, I mean, it's it's um, replicating the natural process. The, the best thing you can do to anything is run it through sediment. I mean, that's the, the, the every filtration system is just trying to improve what sediment does to it. Um, I think what actually some of the more impressive uh, filters I've seen are, are saltwater filters. Um, the, I've seen the membranes on those. I mean, yeah, like um, – and my, my son's mother, uh, her father runs one of the Coke plants out of here in Westford. And uh, that's all they do is they make saltwater filters. I mean, it's not even close to what a sediment filter, it's not the same mechanism at all. I couldn't understand it whatsoever. But I was like, damn, you get to turn fucking saltwater to freshwater? Like that, that's a game changer. If, if any fucking, if any industry is going to get shut down in the next 10 years, it's going to be a Coke plant <laughs> fucking making those goddamn saltwater filters. Well, they, they they do have um, you know, some a cool like handful of different reverse osmosis kind of things, as well as those, especially when you're into like the homesteading, or even if you're into like some off grid stuff, they have these really cool sediment filter bags that you can, you know, you can fill with your water from where you've done them and hang them in the tree, and it goes through all the sediment, you know, like within the bag and everything, and comes out the other end like you know, nice and clean and clear and ready to go. And there's, there are plenty of answers to filter, you know, to definitely filtering water. And I, I just, I do think it's an important thing. And, you, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate though, for telling you to stay away from like the purified drinking water at the, at the, the one that says purified drinking water at the, at the grocery store, because that's going to be full of chemicals. And there's, I know down here in the South, we even have a lot of places that sell water from like the reservoir of North Carolina or something like that. And you're like, what, what the hell? And you can even see that it's got, you know, chemicals and stuff added into it. And, you know, spring water, like I'm, I'm 
I'm always telling folks spring water advocate for spring water. I actually just learned that 10 minutes from the house here is an old mountain top that has an old natural spring that you can go out to the pipe and, you know, fill up and go. And I'm actually excited to go check it out. Cause I love me some, some fresh mountain water. Like it's always, it's always the best kind of stuff there is. And it's always so cold. Like people don't, people don't realize how cold that groundwater is when you, by the time you get to it, like it, it's, it makes a difference and it, that's I think that's why people used to have all those wells and stuff that you would see, you know, commonly where people would go get the bucket of water and bring it back. Because a lot of those things were ridiculously deep. Like it's not just about just trying to find water, but they were just ridiculously deep anyway. There's, yeah. It's it's a double edged sword though. You got to be careful of your surroundings. Sure. With wells. Um. So my family is uh, my father's side of the family. They're from Quincy. Um, and, uh, there's another uh, town close to Quincy called Weymouth and that's where they, uh, that's where all my, my aunts and uncles and father grew up and, um, they all ended up with cancer and it was that Mm. fucking well, like cancer doesn't run in families. That's not a real fucking thing. I mean, maybe you're predisposed to it, but like my father had ulcerative colitis and some cancers in his stomach. My grandfather never smoked a day in his life, fucking throat cancer, got his ear chopped off from skin cancer. One of my aunts died like limb by limb. Like they, they took her. Her leg and then her arm then her other leg and then she died and then my fucking i had a my, my cousin was born with leukemia and he died Jesus. maybe 10 years back like like it was crazy but like nobody in the family that didn't grow up in weymouth is fine it was just the well Interesting. I, because like quincy was a big dumping ground for yep. a lot of boston that's... harbor chemicals they would just go to quincy and dump it you know and that's fucking it made it went all the way from fucking quincy to weymouth in the ground absolutely you know, oh, the, oh, absolutely. not enough sediment for that shit yeah and and that you know that's a that's a big thing too you know i i as somebody who spends a lot of time out on the river and stuff like that as it is you know i've I'll, I'll always be the first person to tell you if you're going to try to find something to drink out there because you were not smart enough to bring something with you, go find where the deer are drinking from because that's going to be, you know, the clean water source because deer aren't going to drink bad water. You know what I mean? Like they're they're pretty fucking smart, believe it or not. Even though they do run in front of cars, don't get me wrong, that's a whole entire different subject. But like when it comes to when it comes to a lot of things, deers are a lot more intelligent than people give them credit for because they always just think about them running in front of cars. Like I. I especially when you're out here in the woods seeing them and watching their habits and stuff like that you just see how a lot more a lot more animals are a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for i think just in general like whether it's their connection to the planet or what it is or something like that but there's there's just things that they seem to know like uh, oh, it's hard to explain have you guys heard about how bees fly have you guys heard about this i had no fucking idea yes i have actually because bee theory yeah, they- Bee theory stuff is interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, man, they fucking levitate. They don't even fly aerodynamically, right? So they got these wings that are too small to carry their body, and then on top of that, they they can carry 90% of their body weight while flying in a straight line at 30 miles an hour against the wind as well. And um, it's almost impossible for aerodynamically... Um, flying animals and insects to go in a straight line forever as long as they want um but what they do is so they they flap their wings and it creates a a frequency something like um like a like a tuning fork for a guitar a guitar you know you know like if you have two different instruments that are harmonizing together so those wings catch a frequency that the that the surrounding area is on of course like the easiest one is is earth's natural frequency 
Um, and then uh, once you go down this rabbit hole, then it's all Tartaria shit, which, you know, it's not my field, but I know a lot of people that, that are pretty fucking like deep in the, in the weeds about it, but that's what they do. So they, the, once they beat their wings and they have this cavity in their, what I guess, thorax or neck, whatever the fuck it is that uh, it's, I don't know exactly the mechanism, but it's uh, it creates this like ant- magnetic field around them that they use to levitate. It's just levitation. And like, so, I mean, like, I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist, you know, whatever. My mind first goes to like, all right, so that's why they're trying to get rid of the fucking bees other than that they're useful for pollinating, which is bad for business. It's a bad business model to allow people to be able to exist without the help of the government. Um, and, and also it keys people in like you hear all these stories about um the ancients being able to fly with music and things like that which you know it's that's that's another rabbit hole but like that's what i think it is i think it's frequency and music and all this type of stuff a healing the healing powers of music i met i met this guy um we actually did an episode back in october of last year with this fellow his name is Chaz of the dead he's a pretty cool cat um but he was telling us about insect theory and it gets into a lot of the levitating of things just like you were talking about there and goes into the idea of like i guess ancient and or even alien type tech like that would be explanations and ways to get you know how are things traveling so far and so fast or how did they do this and do that or have this levitation and stuff and it all has to go back to these frequencies and stuff like that with this and it, it like the insect theory thing like I, i've been seeing it kind of grow more and more here recently and i think there really is something to that there because i'm big into the chimatics and the frequency sounds and think there's all kinds of weird interesting tie-ins to all of that kind of stuff like it, it's it it it's amazing to see it kind of spreading around like that now yeah well i mean i've always been interested right because i'm a musician any of you guys musicians i can play bass guitar that's you're not a musician i've heard that my entire <laughs> life thank you <laughs> i know i know no um uh fucking you know and then there's that conspiracy about you know the rockefellers and the nazis changing the uh the um you know, A above middle C frequency from the one that resonates to Earth to 440. Um, uh, so from 432 to 440, which I've always kind of knocked around, but I haven't actually found any evidence to that. Um, it, it has a lot to do with, um, you know, instrument makers not wanting to make, you know, a European violin and an American violin and an Indian violin, you know, whatever, you know, and also for orchestras and symphonies to be able to go from country to country with... And be able to play interchangeably with other, you know, there are very like logistically uh, reasonable answers to why you would you would standardize the tuning. However, it is not a conspiracy that uh, the Rockefellers funded the research that led to the conclusion that it needed to be changed to 440. Now it just so happens that the Earth does resonate at 432 uh, hertz, so there is that component. And also, I fucked around with it, but I have felt. You know, I've had religious experiences in this A above middle C at 440. And, uh, you know, reality is what you make it. There could be a physical component because when you look at all these... uh, these cathedrals, these ancient places. I've even heard some people talk about, um, like, they brought this, uh, uh, it was a a choir uh, that it was like a, a... 
Although all, all the old Christian music, whatever the fuck that's called, uh, the 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 friars or the monks or whatever, and they went into one of the chambers in the Great Pyramid of Giza, and when they all you know resonated their voices at a certain frequency, there was healing effects and things like that. And I guess that's a ritual that a lot of people do, you know, going in there. So I definitely think that's a possibility. Like when you look at some of these churches and you look at those organs, like that's a lot of work. I mean, people love loud shit. You know, that's that's always been a part of humans, obviously, if they're building yeah. these fucking gigantic organs that are the size of fucking churches. But, you know, um, I think there might be something to that. I think there might be something to uh, using frequencies in order to... Because what happens if, if people key into that shit and they start making fucking carburetors that can run on A above middle C? Like, you can't monetize that. Facts. No, you're, you're you're absolutely right, and and I think there's that, that's what there's a lot of these things, and like the like I was saying way earlier in the show about things being like regulated into certain places and certain things to make it to make it more difficult for just us in general to be whether it be self sufficient or anarchist or however you want to roll with the words of it, but it's it's I think it's very important that we all do find a way to do more for ourselves and more for our neighbors and friends. You know, like there's, we, we talk a lot about building like on small community and stuff like that. And, and, and I do see that as kind of like intimidating and threatening for a lot of people and stuff like that. And my, my, my only other option and answer to that is, you know, find a group of buddies that you trust and get that giant chunk of land. And maybe you can sit with your homie on your front porch out in the middle of nowhere while the rest of the world burns and, not have a clue that it's going on around you. I mean, it, it, at this point, I think that's really the best answer for a lot of it is more of us need to work on banding these little homestead ideas together and, and maybe not take the bread of the work ourselves, you know, it, it more or less build this community of friends a little more in real life than on the internet. Like we've all been doing so far. I, I, I just, I, I see a lot of promise and stuff like this, especially when I keep talking to, more homesteaders and more people in these different areas with all of these just fantabulous ideas and, you know, looks at life. Like, you know, I, I love how you take, take the time to break a lot of things down, you know, and try to find the plausibility of them. Like with the, the Hertz thing you were talking about here a few minutes ago and stuff like that. Like there's, there legitimate scientific reasons to do things a certain way you know Lu Luis is good at that too like that's why i love having having him around because we'd be we'd sound like a bunch of nut jobs sometimes i think if Luis wasn't in here setting us straight with some things because because we just go off the rocker all over the place like I, I was telling Luis before we started here i'd i'd legitimately be considered insane by most people if they knew that i can i can sleep in jeans i can take a cold shower and i can straight razor with uh just a razor and water like like it's nothing and it's just nah, like i'm not i'm not doing that anymore man i, I have no choice i can't do really nah, i'm too old to i have no choice anymore man i can't me? use Blood i can't use shaving cream i can't i can't it, it breaks my face out like i just don't just don't buy shave. an organic one yeah just don't <laughs> shave just or don't, don't shave. shave that's it no. just don't, don't shave. shave i like to keep that right shaving's for pussy that's what i always say I have not, I mean, I have run an electric razor over my face. I have legitimately not touched my face with an actual, like, shaving razor in 10 years. You know there's an actual reason why beards are useful? 
scientifically to protect your face oh i thought we were going they, for a joke here all right no it's because the clitoris. They, they, they they realize <laughs> they realize <laughs> yes that's appropriate so they realized that people with beards uh were able to sustain blows through their face better so that's why the <laughs> vikings could just take a beating and keep going Fuck giant beards. Well, that's, that's why. why I mean, that, that is the whole reason behind. Some yeah, baby. Sumo yeah. wrestlers. The whole reason behind <laughs> sumo wrestlers, the way they do their hair, is for protection. Yes. So they don't get. So pushed. I mean, it's. So, so don't get. Don't well, get no. When they collide, when they collide, you could just and they get thrown around. It. There's actually a, a legitimate reason why they do their hair the way they do it. I've so never thought about so it. So don't get once. ripped out. It, it, <laughs> I I shit not. I I will never ever put uh like I will never ever shave my face like down to the skin ever again. I it's oh. we will one shaving day every see it. No. it's like it's like ten years younger than the rest of the face. We nah. did we did yeah. we did oh, see man, it that one like, time that you accidentally shaved. It was it, terrifying. It'll never happen again. It'll never happen again because I mean there was there was There's something pictures, like though. There is his video um, evidence, like shaving every single morning. It's for terrible. Fourteen mm. years, just, every single just morning. The that's the only thing I shave. For the most part, not, I mean, I, I'm not doing that. Anymore. I trim that down, but that's just not doing it anymore. My design, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I do it because I got no chin. See, it ends right there. I got a teeny tiny face. You just don't know it. <laughs> You know, I, I had to shave in uh, 2020 because I was still working at the hospital. I've been working at a VA for almost 15 years, and um, I, I, we oh. had to get fitted for N95s. It was when it was man. It was when we don't know what the fuck's going yeah, yeah. on. You got to wear the N95 everywhere you go. Don't fucking take it off. Um, and you know, I was still thinking like this was a bio weapon that was going to kill everybody. You know, um, and so I was like, fine, whatever, I'll fucking do it. And I shaved, and I, I fucking shaved the whole beard off. I walked out of the bathroom. I was living <clears> with my <throat> sister at the time. She burst out laughing because I, I not only I I look like a child, but I don't have a chin. Seriously, that's exactly how I did it though. When, when I shaved, when I shaved it completely as close as I could with an electric razor, I did it. I was. I didn't tell anybody in the house I was going to do it. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it. I just way. walked out of the bathroom, walked through my, then out in the living room, and I had a towel over my face like this, and I dropped it, and everybody was just kind of sitting on the couch like, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> no. My sister no, just burst it, out laughing. I was like, this isn't fucking funny. No. <laughs> I felt it really. If it's like it, walking it's for out, medical reasons. It's like walking out of the house. It's like walking out of the house with without your wallet, or walking out without your, you know, your your, your everyday carry gun. It's like walking out of the house without some valuable piece of equipment that you normally carry every day, <laughs> and suddenly you leave, and you're like, oh shit, I forgot my beard. So, so here recently, we've been I've been playing around with a random question AI generator that just builds oh me random funny questions to ask here towards you know this this segment of the show as I've been calling it, and so I already hit the the generator because I was curious to see what tonight's question was going to be, and I'm excited for this one. So, and this question, of course, can be answered by everybody here at the table, but of course, it's 
definitely directed at you, Jay. I'd like to hear your your take for sure. How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Let me see. There's a 15. You carry the five to the third power. 76. Now, are there rules of combat? Are they going to be released one at a time or a swarm? That's a legit question. Are we going to have an arena? Are we going to have an arena? Can, can the elephant escape? Is it in the wild? Yes, in the wild. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a swarm might overtake it, but one at a time. Hell no! I don't think so. No, there's just no way because we we discussed a version of this on a show before, but it wasn't chickens that we hmm. I, we won't go into. It, but it wasn't chickens. Well, remember, according to Bing's That's, Bing's chat, like. GPT or oh, whatever. Yeah, thing. Asked it. Yeah. Um, it says it would take six thousand five hundred chickens. Wow! To kill a thirteen thousand pound African jungle elephant. That's oh, a hell of a I swarm. Was, I, was, I was thinking That's of a baby really cool swarm. Yeah, man. Chicks. You ever see like chickens or ducks in a circle pit? Yeah, you know, like you see at a fucking metal concert. You just have so good. Amazon. <laughs> Like it's like a mosh. They go in a mosh. It's a mosh pit. Now yeah. geese, on the other China, hand, it would only take about a dozen cobra chickens. Man, oh, listen, we don't mess with cobra chickens. We just let them do their thing because those are some mean <laughs> ass friggin' birds. Like they're they're absolutely ridiculous. So, well, Jay, I, I I do you know I would like to you know give you the opportunity to. You know, plug your show and what you got going on and stuff a little bit, man. Like I've, I've I do have your uh, thing pulled up over here, your your link tree, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to check me out, it's uh, How to Kill a Sacred Cow. Um, you can find me at. I always suggest going to How to Kill a Sacred Cow dot com because I'm not paying thirty dollars a month to just throw stuff on my fucking website. It's a really cool place. Um, I try to make it. Um, you know, like a, a, just a, a nice place to, to uh, check out all my stuff. That's not what that's supposed to look like. Why does that look like that? Because Why does that I, look like that? What, your screen? Yeah, what's that? That's not supposed to look like that. I got Turn all pretty off, pictures and stuff. Oh, there we there go. We go. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I have all my episodes listed. You know, I read a, a blog post for each one, but I also yes. uh, try to keep people there, right? I have all of the, the relevant, other relevant episodes. I had Tommy Chong on, you know, a couple months ago. That was pretty fun. Nice. That guy was some cool motherfucker. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, also like I have a library, suggested books and uh, books that influenced me. I have a little tiny store. Um, yeah, uh, how to kill a sacred cow dot com. Mostly these days, I've just been trying to uh, like just stay away from the the information dense episodes and just do conversations with artists, uh, documentary filmmakers. Uh, yeah. I, I recently. Um, interviewed the lead singer of Ezra Bell. He, uh, he's one of my favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite bands ever. I don't know. My, many people haven't heard of them, but they're the best band that you've never heard of. Um, and uh, the dude's the dude's kind of a conspiracy theorist, uh, but it's, he's not like too preachy about it. You know how you, you you tend to hear these songs from conspiracy theorists that are like not taking the shot, 
you know, uh, the, 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 I don't know, Rockefeller on the block. I don't know. You, you know, just dumb shit. Um, he's really he's really like a poet he's he's a good motherfucker and he's an asshole you know most of the people that i've met i've been like oh man he was so nice tommy chong was so nice nah ben benjamin walmart's an asshole but he was very uh, very fun to talk to but yeah that's how to kill a sacred cow you know um just uh doing my thing nice nice we, you, yeah i found him over there on instagram you guys you know I, i'm always finding some great podcast folks over there yeah, so how, I was... how did you find me I I see because we don't linked. have any mutual friends. I don't think I, I I seen you linked with in in the podcast looking area and was like all right because because I create I I had I was just running it all off of my Instagram for the longest time and I was finally like no let's make an Instagram for the show like it it needs to be done and as soon as I made the one for the show I started finding all kinds of other podcasts and because I guess the because algorithm. I had pod I, because I had podcast in the name unconstitutional awakening in the podcast and so I. Because I'm always looking for exciting, new, interesting people with different takes to speak to, it, you know, it's just I started going down the list and every podcast that I found, I was like, well, I'll mark this one and go check out an episode and come back and do it. And, you know, you made mention of the Tommy Chong one when I when I seen the Tommy Chong episode, I was just like, OK, I'm going to have to check this out and listen to this and see what this guy has to say, which was super exciting. Like, I think you did a fantastic job on that episode and encourage more people that are listening to go check it out. Like he sounded like he had a blast, like from my perspective, like it just seemed like a real good time. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm never nervous for interviews. I was kind of nervous. I was very nice. nervous. What the fuck I'm talking about? He was he's like a, a living legend. And he was telling me about how he uh, how he jammed with Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, what? But I'm like, why why am I fucking surprised? It's Tommy Chung. But yeah, no, it's it's been fucking great meeting you guys. Um, we definitely have to get together sometime. I'll uh, hook you into my network. We have a lot of uh, I don't know if you guys listen at all to like expanding reality or oh, the yeah. ripple effect oh, or th those are all my boys. You know what I'm saying? Like I think uh, I think you guys are fitting just just fine there. Nice. So we'll definitely nice. um. Definitely get together. We'll all, uh, we should do like some type of like super jam fucking round table. Oh yeah, man. Oh, we're we're always down for stuff like that. I've got uh, my buddy Ghost invites us to the tavern every now and then on Friday evenings, and uh, I'll I'll I can even throw your name into that mix too, man. It's a bunch of different hosts from a bunch of different podcasts, all just sitting in there having Friday night drinks and chat. Like it's it's just just boys having a good old conversation that's kind of how we run it here too man you know we Luis and bandit are my go-to's they're always with me and i appreciate them every night that they do show up but we do totally have a handful of other people that hopefully one day you'll get a chance to meet when you come back and visit us again so uh, of course uh, before we end up clearing out for the Fuck evening you. i always like to make sure that everybody gets to throw in anything else that they like to before the evening's over so bandit you got anything good for me tonight oh i got nothing except it's like the best it's the beginning of like the best time of year for me, man. It's time to get like food in the ground. It really is. Yeah. Heck yeah. Is that, I mean, does that make me? It's got to make me like older. Yeah, it does for sure. <laughs> Sorry, Bandit. The soundboard never gets old. Nah, it's so much fun. I, it's the best. It's the best thing. No, 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 dude. He, he comes. He comes in with new stuff every day. He's he comes into the our group chat. He's like, dude, look what I just downloaded. New soundboard sounds. Or I gotta find them. Or Luis, you got anything good for me tonight, bud? No, just uh, ex explore Philip K. Dick. He oh, uh, fuck yeah. He really uh, had visions of reality that 
enlighten others to realize that it's not all that we're being shown. And there is one video of him talking about how in his dreams is when he traveled to the worlds he wrote about. It's not that he just wrote it. It's that he traveled to those worlds. And I've experienced that. And then I found there's a whole section of the internet that talks about experiencing different worlds. So if you've ever had something like that, go explore that. Evidently, it's a real thing that people experience, literally experiencing your life in a completely separate life in another world. And you're like, okay. And then you come back here. You get like a... uh, I know he wrote short stories, but I mean, it's like, can you get like a best of... Well, that um, that that website that I'm going to make sure I share with this episode, you guys, that you guys can go through, it is everything he pretty much ever has written. Like you can go over there and read it all. Like it's not just his short stories; it's also some other books and just other things that they have obtained that he's written throughout time. Um, you know, we're really good about making sure we share some links for everybody over here because I I definitely recommend it too. Uh, it it puts some it, it's. It's good relax reading if you're in wanting your imagination to expand relaxed. and stuff. I mean, for me, it is like it's intense. If, if you're wanting to expand into your different worlds, I guess, oh, or if you want to work on your imagination, you know, electric like, dreams uh, on prime. The last episode yeah, is electric dreams. is insane. It's um, yeah, that was a strange take too on, on his works. They were like his short stories, but not well they expanded on but the last one if 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 you're going to watch any of them just watch the last one it's one of the most impactful ones that you could watch it it describes the future in such a thing that this is that that's literally the direction we're going I think so yeah. too. And yes. if you just want to do something quick, like you can read his novels, like D- Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is, you know, one of the quintessential ones. But even his short stories, like uh, uh, Minority Report, that's a classic. Nothing like any of the movies. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, uh, they can remember it for you wholesale. wholesale. That was uh, Total Recall. Yes. Those quick reads. Yes, yes. Oh, man. So, but you guys, I'll make sure that I got all those links from things we talked about this evening and all the links to get back to Jay because. You guys want you to go over there and show him some love and stuff like that. You'll be able to find that over at unconstitutionalawakening.com with this episode, as well as being the place where you can answer tonight's pirate multiple choice question to get yourself some sweet unconstitutional awakening, the podcast stickers, man. We're still got more of them to give away. I even got a new stack that I'm not showing off here, but if you are lucky enough to win one, you'll probably get one of those new stickers too. So tonight's question is, which of these personalities was kidnapped by Sicilian pirates in 75 BC? Napoleon Bonaparte, King Henry VIII, Aristotle, or Julius Caesar? You guys can answer that question answer? over there and, and, and uh, get yourself some stickers this evening. And uh, other than that, we're going to weigh anchor and head on out of here. So we'll see you guys soon. Good night, everyone.